you might bump into Penelope Cruz in Madrid. That, that would be lovely. Yeah, I'd have to tell Javier, though, to bugger off for a while, <laughs> wouldn't I? <laughs> and he's a big guy. Good morning, Vietnam! I love the smell of my pub in the morning. So I watched Boiling Point last night. The oh, how is it? Everyone's talking really, about this. It's really good. Yeah, is this movie. on TV or cinema? It's in the cinema at the moment. Right. I think it'll be coming to streaming services quite soon, though. It's one of these yeah. types of films that catnip for these services. It's only ninety minutes long, single camera, and it works really well. You know, just really sort of it's quality drama. Stephen Graham's just amazing in it. Just fantastic. He is. Brilliant, and I, I, am I right in thinking this is quite an old film, or not old, but it was made a wee while ago, and it's only getting attention now? Is that right? It was made just before the first lockdown. Just they were actually making it. Then. Yeah, yeah, they they were made. They they had planned to do. I think they said it was either six or eight runs of uh -huh. the the whole film, and that they were going to do that over the course of four nights. Mm -hmm. And after they did two nights worth. They were told, now your production's shutting down, that's you. So they went with the third one. They went with the mm -hmm. third run, which was good. But they were going to do like all eight just to see mm -hmm. if they could get anything. But I mean, you, there's absolutely nothing wrong with the film at all, you know, in terms of like, the cinematography or anything or the, the continuity. It just it flows very, very nicely, you know. And just thinking about the logistics of having mm -hmm. to do something like that from start to finish, because you have him out in the street to begin with, walking into the restaurant. Ah, right, and all okay. this sort of stuff and there's things like and it's stupid things like like there's a guy at one point lighting up a cigarette and all that and there's all these things it's that quite could a tight, go like wrong a kitchen's like a tight space as well like yeah. it doesn't really give you much room to sort of play around with that like there's no room to hide really in a in a works yeah. kitchen like that where it is so tight so ah and it's like a, there's a sort of a back kitchen and the front kitchen is attached to the whole sort of restaurant mm -hmm. uh, so there's plenty of space to move about and everything like that and you get like we sort of vignettes about the various people just mm -hmm. enough to get you interested in uh, the people apart from the Stephen Graham character but doesn't go into any great depth with them obviously because it's only a 90 minute film and yeah. it's just covering a sort of single subject so but yeah I, I was very impressed really liked it yeah, and I would really, really like to see it. Yeah, I mean, as I say, everyone is talking about it, and there's loads of reviews coming just now. So I would like to see it. I'm just I'm struggling for cinema time at the weekend just now, but I'm watching. Stuff oh yeah, of course, yeah. During the week, but I've, do you know what I watched actually, which I think you've seen? I watched that Limbo, the Scottish yeah. film. Mm -hmm. I absolutely loved that. It totally wasn't what I was expecting, and obviously my wee favourite from Borgen since Babette Nudson. I didn't realise she was in it as well, and I just I bought it and thought when I went mental that day when I was let into town for the first time in like two years and I stuck it on and absolutely loved it couldn't get away with how good it was it was just totally not what I was expecting but brilliant really really enjoyed it I mean it didn't it didn't particularly paint Scotland in a in a nice light for you know immigrants who are wanting to come over here and start a new life but I thought it was really interesting no they, they don't they... put them in a nice place do they <laughs> no <laughs> no literally the arse end of nowhere yeah and I thought it was really interesting I thought how the wee bits of humour, because I, th I thought it was going to be like quite a serious drama and I was surprised mm -hmm. by how funny some of the parts were as well. And obviously that opening sequence with the dance routine as well. Yeah, oh, that, oh, that was brilliant. Was brilliant. Really good. Did you watch it at the festival then? 
knew you'd seen it. I think I saw it. Uh, I think it was at London before oh, was then. It? Right, I okay. think they showed it at London, and then they showed it at Glasgow afterwards last year. Ah, right. And okay. I think that's yeah. and it's just it's been kicking about ever since because I think they were kind of holding off and hoping to get a cinema release for it, but it just didn't happen. But I think it's on streaming services now. I think I've seen it. It might be on BFI or something like that. It's on Mubi, I think. Is that? Ah, is right. Okay. Yeah. 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 I think it's on Mubi's good. I've, I've had that for ages. Is it, really, is it really worth it? I, I saw they were giving you a seven, seven day free trial with Prime. Is it worth it now? Is it quite good stuff that's on it? You should give it a look, yeah, because it used to be that they just had a rolling program of 30 films. So mm-hmm. it's just like a new film every day. And so any one time you had 30 films you could watch. And then that would change. But Sweet what they've done since then is they've actually bought a lot more stuff in. So uh-huh. you've got you still get your rolling program, but there's there's a, a reasonable catalogue of stuff now as well. So yeah. uh, and it's all like weird and wonderful stuff. It's from all over the place. A lot well, of stuff that you wouldn't even think about watching. So or even yeah. automatically think about seeking out. But it's, there's some uh, really really good stuff in there. Is it quite festively stuff? Like now, I know we always talk about festivals. Yes. Are like funeral and their approach to film selection but is it quite festively because i don't mind that yes. i quite like depressive films so it is oh no it is they do quite a lot of sort of miserable type films and all that and like <laughs> it's, it's a good platform for like very long films ah, right. there's a chilean director somebody diaz i think it is and uh-huh. he does these films and they look five and six hours long and all that sort of stuff what? real sort of meditative stuff they've been on there as well and there's been lots and lots of stuff what was the other one it was a trilogy. It was Arabian Nights, it was called. And it was set in Portugal and I think it was North Africa. It was sort of modern mm-hmm. day tales. And again, mm-hmm. that was like three, three hour films, <laughs> which uh, had been kicking about in various festivals and things like uh-huh, that. And uh-huh. then it just seemed to find it. See, a lot of stuff just seems to find a home there. It's stuff that doesn't end up anywhere else. But it is stuff that we tend to get to see. It's the, yeah. the more sort of out there stuff that we tend to get to see at Glasgow or like obviously at London as well. There's there's more stuff. Uh, well, a lot of the stuff at Glasgow seems to have come from London as well, doesn't it? It seems to be. Yeah, it seems to be kind of getting to be sort of the follow up of it. I mean, I am really glad that Glasgow are doing the, the half and half this year because as much as I definitely want to try and actually get back to the Glasgow Film Theatre um, and it was really convenient obviously to be able to know that okay well this film's going to go live on the streaming platform at say 9am on Tuesday but if you're maybe working or whatever you can just watch it but still get your review out and stuff like that so I like that that they're sticking to that hybrid uh, programme this year. Yeah. Uh, have you watched Being the Ricardos out of interest? Mm-hmm. Did I you have, like yes. it? I really liked it I thought it, I, I like Aaron Sorkin stuff anyway and I know there was a lot of criticism because she didn't look mm-hmm. like Lucille Ball, but mm-hmm. the performance, the, the way that she changed from normal life to actually the TV show, mm-hmm. I thought was fantastic. I just, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really, really good. And it kept you going. It was at a level and it just kept going and kept going. And it was a, a, a really good story. And I liked the, the way that it was like set over the course of a week and all this stuff mm-hmm. happened in a week. I know not everything happened exactly like that but it made for a very good drama to have all, all the things that happened did happen but they may not have happened all within yeah. that one sort of time scale and jk simmons his character yeah. and i thought he, he was yeah. fantastic what do you think of it i'm not i actually didn't like it as much as you i thought the script was excellent i'm not really a nicole kidman fan in general so it actually didn't matter to me it should look like her i just don't really rate her as an actress i found the subplots around her a lot more interesting so like the actress who i forget her name that she was playing the 
co-star on I Love Lucy and there was the storyline yes. about you know she was losing weight and therefore you know she was getting jealous because obviously she was getting thinner on screen and stuff like that and there was the whole thing about yeah. the, whether or not Desi Arnaz was cheating and he was obviously struggling with how famous she was because when he was dying away in his bongos everyone was paying attention to her in the club I mean don't get me wrong I have no idea how historically accurate it is or not but I did find it interesting like obviously the whole red scare thing and how she kind of refused to actually say well no I was joining that party because it was a sort of homage to my my grandpa and he was a really good man and I don't see it being a wrong thing and how you know that completely changed the dynamics of their relationship yeah I I did find it interesting that just I don't think it was one of Sorkin's best and I just I don't get Nicole Kidman I just don't I've never seen her turn in a performance where I think wow that was groundbreaking because I I just don't like her did Nicole Nicole Kidman Javier Bardem should have sold it for me I love Javier Bardem like he is I mean honestly the sight of him just singing away in that white tux I was like oh that's the highlight of this film I just yeah I I struggle with her I guess I think she just whispers her way through films and I even watched Paddington over Christmas and I was like oh Christ she's gonna whisper her way through this as well (laughs) or so if she was has she been in a film with Leonardo DiCaprio oh god (laughs) (laughs) I'm just wondering if she had (laughs) oh I watched that don't look up did you watch that have you seen that as well yeah I've seen us it's a difficult it's it's good film I enjoyed Uh it it was funny it was kind of telling and kind of like worrying but the problem I was trying to like sort of like work my way into review of it Mm -hmm. Like and the problem I was having was with the first paragraph as normal that I always have, mm, yeah. and it, I was going to try and put something in around the fact that, like, pretty much everybody's declaring that satire is dead, and it has mm-hmm. been since Trump went into office, mm-hmm. and that's kind of the problem they have here. Everything that they do, you kind of say, well, real life has been a bit stranger than oh, absolutely, everything. or the or yeah. the fact that you know, obviously. I mean, how she get elected president, I don't know, because her character seems to be a pure bimbo airhead. But the fact that there was a sort of ineffective president who wasn't listening, but would only listen when it potentially could affect their polling. Or you've got yeah. Mark Rylance really fucking freaked me out in this film. Yeah. And as this sort of like Elon Musk light, who was obviously just, you know, only interested in lining his own pockets. It is, it is a difficult film in the sense that I, I could believe this would happen. So it's in a way, it's almost not funny. It's kind of scary because you're mm. like, well, you know, how much of this would you get away with? My my thing was, I felt like, and I don't know if this was on purpose, but it, to me, it felt like everyone was acting in a different film. Like all of their styles were quite different and quite noticeably mm. so. So I just, I mean, I don't think it deserves the mauling that it's getting because people are saying no. it's the worst film they've ever seen. And the answer to that is no, it's The Matrix Resurrections. But... <laughs> It's, it's certainly, I think I think you're right, the satire is a struggle when you just think, I'm almost certain worse stuff has happened in real life. Yeah, it was a really good bit in it when they were in the Oval Office and they were explaining how, you know, comic coming, you know, mm-hmm. total destruction and they weren't taking it seriously and you, you were being led down the path where you were siding with the scientists rather than mm-hmm. the politicians. And then, and they were told, you know, this isn't, you know, it's definitely going to end. The world's going to end. And it says, well, we get told that every day. And you kind of think, they must get told that every day. That was quite telling, actually, because we were, fun enough, we were talking a while ago about how um, they don't obviously tell you how many terror plots like various secret service agencies yeah. thwart in a day, because obviously you would just shit yourself and never leave the house. But that was quite a telling line, actually, as well, because there must yeah. be so much information they get. But yeah, I mean, like I said, I, 
I, I struggle with the satire element of it. I hated Leonardo DiCaprio's character as well. Like he had the world at his feet and he just gave it up for a shag. Like, is that the only thing is people are saying that it's amazing that he has not one but two age appropriate women. <laughs> yeah. And age appropriate children. Yes, exactly. His, his children were like, they were like 30 or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, was really strange, yeah. Yeah. Him, but yeah. yeah, it's quite good. The actor is uh, Nina Arianda. For, in oh, for the Ricardo's, Ricardo's, yeah. 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 She, she was, was in. She was Stan Laurel's wife in Stan and Ollie. Oh, I love that film. And love that have film. you seen Have you seen Goliath, the Billy Bob oh, Thornton drama? No, it's it's there's maybe three seasons of it in okay. uh, Amazon Prime. He's a lawyer. In it, mm. and she's in it as well. That's the first thing I saw her, and she is uh, yeah, right, okay. sort of his assistant. And I think she's mm. a lawyer in her own right as well. But she's fantastic, and that's uh, really sort of totally star-making performance. Really yeah. ballsy. I'm surprised I haven't seen her in a lot more stuff. But it's really I, good I did as feel well. like a newer face, and maybe it is just from the the Saranoli film. But I thought she was excellent, and as I say, I kind of almost enjoyed her sort of subplot a wee bit more. But yeah, I mean, I guess the thing is, it's it's really hard with these like biopics and stuff like that because you can veer towards too much of just like rose tinted like look how amazing this person was they were so good and obviously it didn't shy away from the fact that their marriage was shit he was jealous of her she was jealous of who he might be sleeping with and the show was sort of falling apart at the seams because she was such a control freak so i like the fact they were quite honest about that especially because lucille ball is like well she's always sainted isn't she because she's like you know she's the female tv sort of star in america a pioneer really wasn't she in that sort of respect But, I mean, we didn't really get that show over here, I don't no. think. I don't think there was... Um, it might have been shown sort of later on, but I don't really mm-hmm. remember seeing very much of it at all. So that disconnect from mm-hmm. having... Because, I mean, these shows, they go into syndication in the States and yeah. they're just shown over and over all the time. So people get really attached to them mm-hmm. and they get attached to the personas. So there's mm-hmm. a whole lot of baggage that people have got when they're going to watch this film based on their own experience now i didn't have that because i didn't really know very much about yeah, same, same. like any of the, the background to it. i knew obviously the i love lucy show and all that but mm. i didn't know very much i didn't know that she was accused of being a communist and mm-hmm. all that kind of thing and but it's, i think and she had some she had a bit of a a career uh, renaissance in the 70s as well afterwards because mm-hmm. she, she did another Lucy show and she was uh, friends with the Rat Pack and all this sort of mm-hmm. stuff. She was in all their sort of like, you know how they did these roasts of yeah, everybody. Yeah. She was she was on all these things as well, you know. So uh, I definitely bit... think there was, there was commentary on obviously she was kind of on the, the just the cusp of being a big star and then yeah. they told her she'd a face for radio, which I mean, fuck's sake. Like, oh, no. and, but then she was so good at her radio show, she obviously then went on and and I guess part of that's what was driving her to be the best TV show is because she was basically just did two fingers up to anyone that told her she wasn't Aye. good enough. But yeah, no, I, I did like the fact they didn't sort of like sanctify or whatever you want to call it, the, the two leads. They sort of made their problems quite quite clear and quite obvious. Mm-hmm. I did like that, but I just, yeah, I'm not not a whole Kevin fan. And as I say, it's just, I don't even care that she didn't look like her because they were saying that I didn't realise it was Kate Blanchett that was supposed to be playing the, the part and she doesn't look like her either. The most yeah. obvious choice is obviously Debra Messing, but um. Yeah, that it, the not looking like her doesn't bother me. Like I know Sammy sent that article the other day about people complaining that actors that look like their real life counterparts. I don't really care about that. I just want to enjoy the the movie. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a whole thing going on just now about is it Golda Meir? Um, oh yeah, because Maureen Lipman said that uh, it's a disgrace that Helen Mirren is playing a, a Jewish person. Yeah. Like I thought, mm-hmm. oh, there's a lot of actors over the years that have played historical Jewish figures that 
definitely are not Jewish. So again, well, it all comes thing... back to that debate of do you mm -hmm. only play the physical type that you are, or as an actor, mm -hmm. are you allowed to explore different sexualities, different religions, different uh, historical figures? Because different accents. Yeah, yeah, I just think you're an actor, as long as it's not offensive and it's not a send-up of a particular protected characteristic, then to me, if it's unsensitively, I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I just, I feel like these statements are sometimes made to attract controversy where there isn't any. She's played a Jewish character before, I remember quite recently, a film called, was it The Debt? Oh, yes. Uh -huh. yeah, yeah. She was a, a Mossad Agent mm -hmm. in that. That's right. And yeah. She was very good and she had the full on generic Jewish accent that you get. <laughs> yeah. oh, sorry, Israeli Jewish yes. accent, not the yeah. sort of Americanized version of it. So I thought she was very good in that. So, but yeah, it's very weird. I, I don't quite get why I mean, people, people complain in that sort of way. The, I mean, I watched that Hunters on Amazon where obviously Al Pacino, definitely not Jewish, playing a yep. Jewish character. I mean, look at Ben Kingsley and, sorry, Sir Ben Kingsley in Schindler's List or Liam Neeson like none of these people are Jewish but I am not having anyone saying that that film shouldn't have been made or wasn't I mean obviously for one Steven Spielberg's director like it was extremely sensitive I just think that there is this trend now of saying well you shouldn't have played that part because you are not a whatever and I just yeah as long as as I say as long as it's sensitive and it's not a send-up of a particular uh, protected characteristic I think actors should be allowed to act yeah yeah Absolutely. That's and what... here's me getting cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not at all, because there's the whole thing about what they call colourblind casting at the moment, mm -hmm. where actors are cast on their merits yeah. rather than being cast totally because of because of traditional casting, like Sir David mm -hmm. Copperfield. Yeah, but that, that had... works, and I totally, I totally yeah. agree with that. I have no issues. I think anyone yep. that's like, oh, David Copperfield isn't a person of colour, that, that can get in the fucking bin. I'm not interested in that. I, it, but it, to me, it definitely has to be cast on merit as opposed to just, yeah. like, let's just find someone who happens to fit the same characteristics of the role. Yeah, uh, yeah, because it's been done before mm -hmm. in that way, you know. It's mm -hmm. like, like having a white Jesus. <laughs> I, know. I know, I was trying to think, there's like, there must be a whole bunch of white actors that have played Jesus. Jesus is definitely not fucking white. So, yep. in fact, has yep. Willem Dafoe not played Jesus at one point? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Passion yeah. of the Christ, yeah. 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 yeah, so I just think, like, a bit, a bit that obviously is a very, that's a very westernised perception of, of who Jesus is, obviously, and I think many of the evangelicals in the good old GS of A would have a heart attack if they found out that Jesus was, you know, a Middle Eastern guy with long brown hair and doesn't look like Thor, so... <laughs> <laughs>